Good morning, Irvine, on this beautiful Halloween morning. Yes, I did say beautiful because this is perfect weather for Halloween. Thank you to DJ6 for setting it up with a nice Exorcist theme. (laughs) And DJ6, he's going to hold over for a little bit because we're definitely going to talk about World Series. But Matt Burt will be back next week. He's actually going to host a show himself so we just rotated these next couple of shows they're going to be great great shows slightly different perspectives from show to show we do thank you for joining us sports matters i know the traffic is a little hectic there i know there was an accident out there on the fire freeway coming north be aware of that it is halloween first off i gotta get to the world series dj6 thanks for sticking around tom yes it's a what a world series so far so good living up to a uh, possible seven-game World Series. If you're a Dodgers fan, it has to go seven, right? <laughs> yes, it does. It has to go yes, seven so. games if you're a Dodger fan. But you know what? I think this is a very positive thing for the Dodger fans. Yes, I know. People are thinking, what, are you crazy? We're trailing 3-2. We're facing elimination game. Guess yeah. what? Both games are at home. That's right. And generally in the 2-3-2 kind of format, it does favor the fact that uh, even if you come back down one game, then uh, it's generally about 50-50, really. I, I know statistically it's different. I think I, I was looking at something that's like probably one-third chance, but I think uh, that over the last maybe 20 years it's been about 50-50. Although last year, yeah, in fact, last year, when the Cubs went in and actually they actually beat won game six and, and seven, seven in, in Cleveland. Cleveland that's right so the, yeah that's they did the opposite they were down three to one yeah that's right because they lost like two out of three games at home so that it was like the oddest World Series nobody could win at home here it's it's been every other game has gone you know LA Houston LA Houston and then Houston so we'll see how it goes. Well, Houston definitely was dominant at a home this postseason, and the Dodgers did something no other team did this postseason. They won a game in Houston. Oh, okay. There you go. And what a game that they had so to these uh, are some of the yeah. positives yes you know we people get down like oh they're down three to two or they made some mistakes and thus and so but it's like you said tom they got two home games right and do you said something off air about what coach phil jackson had said yeah phil jackson used to uh, remind he coached both for the bulls and for the los angeles lakers he reminded his teams that game six is really if you don't put them away in game six you run a very high risk of losing game seven so i think there's just as much pressure on houston to win tonight as there is on the dodgers to stay alive so both teams i I think you're going to see just a rerun of the last kind of two games where you you know Every batter is going to be up there. Every batter is going to play into the last strike. We've seen the Dodgers tied up a game two games ago. You know, they tied up the game. They were down like 12 to 9. They tie it up in the ninth inning and the last strike. I mean, this is what you want to see in baseball. You don't want to see people giving up. Right. Two teams that refuse to lose. Exactly. And, And that's why... You know, whether it's been great pitching early on or I think right now, you know, the last two games have been high scoring mainly because the pitching staffs, both pitching staffs are tired. I mean, it's tough. You're up against great hitters. 
and it's hard to pitch. They're what, like in the 180 some odd games now into the season. It's been a long season. Easily. Even though the Dodgers did sweep the first round, so right. they only played three games, and then they only played five games. They essentially nearly swept the Cubs. They took the first three and just, I don't know what happened that game four. They just couldn't close them out, but they did close them out in game five, where Houston, on the other hand, went four games in the first round winning all their home games, but not so well on the road. All three games to New York Yankees, and that, that series went seven games, and they took all the four home games. So when they're at home, they're, it's kind of like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde when right. it comes to their hitting. They're just so explosive. And they said since Hurricane Harvey, now that the Dodgers had won that one game in Houston, they've only lost three times. And I think wow. they've won like 25 games. Wow. So that's pretty impressive. That is incredible. I mean, usually if you can win two-thirds of your games at home, you're doing really, really well. Three-quarters puts you up there in exceptional. And let's remember, that's what makes this World Series kind of exceptional is the fact that, you you know, you mentioned this is the first time 47 years you had mentioned last week that we have two teams that have won 100 games. Now, what do you expect these teams to do? I mean, do you think think you're going to see a bunch of quitters out there that they're going to, you know, hang their head, you know, oh, oh my God, we're down, you know, 12 to 9, that's it, let's go home, pack it up, that kind of thing. We're down 4 to nothing, pack it up, go home. No, we've, we've seen what baseball is about in these, I think in these last two World Series, and this one again, we see every pitch counts, every batter knows that they've got to make a difference. Absolutely. These hitters are making plays. They are making plays. You can get on the pitchers like, oh, you know, they're tired and, you know, they're giving up all these hits. Give credit to the batters because these pitchers are really placing the ball in the right locations. And, you know, these hitters are coming up with great hits. Sometimes the pitchers jam them and they and the, and the hitters are able to sometimes get a home run, but at least get the single and mm-hmm. make them plays. That's right. And, and you know, don't forget that uh, – now in in the in the advanced technology that we have baseball batters have benefited as well as you know the pitchers and the baseball batters get to see not just know used to be that they track where the pitches came in they'd have charts and tell you this this pitcher pitches here on this kind of pitch count with this with you know a person on first or a person or nobody on first they're going to pitch you this way if they have a, a person on base they're going to pitch a different way but now we have the technology where we have the high speed cameras they do a lot of data analytics this is and this happens in all sports and it happens in baseball and i think that's why they're getting around on some of these pitches like you said they're they're putting the ball in the right places but the batters are doing their homework and they're studying oh indeed now it's even gotten much easier because i remember like watching the world series when it was arizona and new york yankees back in 2001 they were figuring out boyong kim he had Mm -hmm. a really weird release he shut him down in the previous game before so a lot of the yankee players went back and watching video to see just study his release. They study, they study, they study, and they came up with some big hits and knocked that game into extra innings and knocked Boyan Kim out of the game, which ultimately led to a game seven. That's why you saw Randy Johnson to come in and slam the door on him wow. to get the series. Yeah. And, and of course, Luis Gonzalez, you know, key big hit in the 10th inning that practically won the World Series for them. Yeah, and, that, and that, that's the thing. So I you mean, have access to that video, let alone right. now with all these stats. But I think sometimes stats, we got too much stats. And I think we're taking in too much information that it's taken away from the purity of the game in the sense of where the managers manage with their gut. Give you an example. Obviously, mm-hmm. you were around in 1988. Yeah, when, uh, I hope so. <laughs> Tommy Lasorda came up with had a gut feeling. His player was injured. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, brought Kirk Gibson up to pinch hit. And, and Kirk Gibson basically was just bad leg, bad wheel. Yeah, but he I just remember knew that, that one. he was due. He knew that he was due. He had a gut feeling like it's time for Kirk Gibson to bat. This, this is right. my guy. And what did he do? Hit the walk off home run that yeah. set the tone for the series. Yeah. And they ultimately won that series. That's right. But it's just that one big play. And that was a gut play by Tommy Lasorda. Come yep. on, he's a legend. Yeah, and. It's very true. You got you got to temper the uh, the information overload with sticking with the basics. Also in baseball, you know, there's certain basics. You call it like a gut feeling, but there's certain basics that that managers know about hit and runs, what to do when you got players, you know, on base. They they know certain things about players. They keep track. You know, these are things that you don't necessarily see in the statistics or the numbers. It's just like you said. It's 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 your managerial experience of seeing players and knowing what what guys can do, especially managing for your team. You know, why put a guy up there that has to hit a home run in 1988 with Kurt Gibson? He's got to hit a home run. The guy couldn't get to first unless he hit it unless he hit it all the way out into the center field. I mean, he barely could get around the bases. <laughs> He's right. hobbling around, but you know what? The adrenaline got him around. Right. right. <laughs> so you know, it's like, but that's that's what managers get paid for to to know their guys. Also, the touch on that with overload of statistics is that manager Dave Roberts has been, you know, received some criticism after game two, pulling Rich Hill out after about 60 pitches, I think after four innings, and saying he overused the bullpen. You know, I'm really getting tired of these couch managers saying, well, he did this and that. Well, now there's there's a stat saying that when the pitcher sees a lineup twice and going into the third round, the mm-hmm. batting averages go up a little bit. Right. But that's where I'm saying, okay, that's just getting a little too much statistics. It may, okay, it's true. The batting averages go up just slightly a bit but how about stick with your gut let the guy go for a bit and if he gets in trouble use your bullpen right right yeah Dave Roberts you know there was a reason why he pulled the pitcher and and there's a multitude of things knowing that Rich Hill's going to be pitching tonight in the biggest game of the year for the Los Angeles Dodgers this is this is do or die for them yeah and it could be done they had Verlander beat in game two it's not so much that the bullpen gave it up you know it's another criticism they're saying oh he used Kenley Jansen for a seven out save and well Mm -hmm. you know what Joe Madden used a Roldis Chapman for six, seven out saves last year. They won the World Series. They came back from three to one. Right. So all this criticism that there's certain reasons why managers do certain things. Right. But we're not giving enough credit to the hitters that are actually making the plays, that are making the the key hits, the all these home runs that are being hit. Yeah, exactly. So again, it shows some of the, some of the times during the year, you know, as a manager, you're up against teams that aren't as disciplined in their hitting as as you're going to face in the playoffs. And in the playoffs, and if you've watched it and and now you got all these wonderful graphics that they can show you where the pitchers are going. You see that these batters are are the most disciplined throughout the whole season, and that's what makes it tough for pitchers. Uh, like you said, I mean, you're almost damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of situation. You know, you can you can say, well, I should have, would have, could have done this, but the fact is, I think the manager did the right thing. You know, he's thinking also this guy's got a pitching game sick. It's been a long series. Hey, if my bullpen can't shut them down, if I can't contain them, okay, they get the hits, they get the hits, and you just tip your hat to them and say, well, you know what, I gave you a, I gave you a ball, and I don't know how the heck you hit that thing, but you did, and, and good for you. <laughs> right. At the end of the day, when you bring your relievers in, their job is to get you out. 
Exactly. Regardless, I don't care how tired you are. That is their job. Pitchers also can use this data and look at previous times they've gone up against these batters and saying and, and thinking like, wow, that was the the perfect pitch for a strikeout, and this guy got a hit off that. I mean, yeah. that was the right pitch to throw. So you might make a little bit of adjustments. But that's a key with pitchers because. I know there's been complaints about the the balls of the World Series that the the surface it, uh-huh. was, it was talked about in Game One or they kind of blew it off. But when the, every pitcher was saying it throughout the series that it's just a slicker uh, something to do with the grip that has a lot to do with the pitchers on how they can get certain things and sometimes that ball just slips and gets in the wrong area. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure some mistake pitches have happened. Obviously, it does. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, especially if you use nine relievers in one game, which. It has happened in games two and five. Certain things are going to happen. This is the battle of the Titans, and and it's just two most powerful offenses. You got the L.A. Dodgers and the Houston Astros have the top two offenses, so they're they're just slugging it out. Yeah, and I, and I think that they, that's that's a critical thing to keep in mind. I mean, how do they get the top two offenses? It, it didn't happen by accident. And when when you got the top two offenses going against very good pitching to excellent pitching. Well, something's got to give. One or the other is going to give, you you know, and we've seen a couple games that have been super well pitched, and, and the scores have reflected that. And then we've seen games where it's just become, well, a very exciting shootout, if you will. You know, 13 to 12 in the last game, just Dodgers down, you know, 12 to 9, Dodgers up 4 to nothing, you know, and the game just going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And that's it's the way baseball That's Yeah, that's the way baseball is. And that, but I, I, I think overall it's it's been a super game. I and I think that uh, I don't know what they could have done. That when you get into these slugfests, the only thing that that you lose is you're not going to see the manager isn't going to be called upon to make these very interesting things of hit and runs, you know, sacrifice bunts, that kind of thing. Yeah, the small ball. Yeah, the small ball play. Because these are two powerful offenses, and you think about it, and there's been also some criticisms. You know, you're not going to use, like, a power hitter to, to bunt a guy over just to right, get one exactly. run. You know, this guy's probably going to hit a home run. Exactly. And, you know, Houston, just like Minneapolis with the Twins, being that indoor dome, that gives a different characteristic oh, to the way deep. the ball goes. And, yeah. and also, you forget one critical element, the DH. Oh, yeah. So it's probably right. why, you know, the American League, They've always been the history of the American League. They always put up more runs. Right. When you go to the American League team, you play by American League rules. And that's another thing I just love about this game because it, it just changes up the strategies. Now you go back to the National League, two things are working for the Dodgers. One, right. they're at home. Second, it's National League rules. That's right. So now the pitcher's got a hit. So it gets more skilled. It's more of the double switches, and there's a lot of things, a lot of things mm-hmm. that go on that the managers right. you know, think this through. It's just like uh, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, just how well they game plan for their games. Right. That's what goes on before these games. You know, these managers are, are, are pre-planning and thinking of every scenario that's going to happen. That's right. And who knows? This could be a low-scoring game. Yeah. And it, this is it. This is this is do or die for the Dodgers. You, you got to ride your horse, Rich Hill, till you can't ride him anymore because knowing that it's probably going to be an extra inning game and both teams are refusing to lose. This is, like you said, Tom, this is so great for Major League Baseball. Oh, yeah. It's been so exciting the last few years. I mean, yeah. I, I, I love I love it when all all the playoff um, series go to their maximum, whether it's, you know, five games in the three out of five or or seven games. It, it, 
it just makes it extra special. I mean, obviously, uh, when when uh, Golden State, you know, whooped up on the uh, Cavaliers this year in the in the NBA championship. I mean, you know, what was it? That was like five to four games to one. I mean, you right. know, it's like it, it wasn't nearly as exciting as what right. we're watching right now. But then again, that's that's because one team was just light years ahead of everybody. But the other neat thing in this World Series, you got the two best teams. Yes. Without a doubt. Nobody can argue. A hundred games each. Best offenses. What do you expect? You couldn't dream of a dream of of a better matchup. Sometimes I try to talk too fast yeah. and I got tongue tied there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's been great. So Well, I tell you another great thing that happened over the weekend, and I don't know if you follow NCAA football, but there was one game that really stuck out amongst all the other games. Uh-oh. This Number two ranked Penn State versus number six Ohio State. At Ohio State. So Ohio State should, have, shoot, uh, as they should have won that one, huh? Yeah. They should. were getting crushed. Yeah. The game starts off. Penn State runs the kickoff return back for a touchdown. Oh, yeah. Penn State jumps out to a 17-3 to lead. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, a 21-3 to lead. Ohio State catches up a little bit. They're still down 28-17. to Then Penn State goes up 35-17. So now you're rolling into the fourth quarter. Ohio State got a field goal. So it's 35-20 going into the fourth. And then Ohio State blocked a punt and wow. changed the momentum. Yeah. They get a field goal. Then they get a touchdown. They try to the two point conversion, which failed. So now they're trailing thirty nine thirty four. <laughs> then they force Penn State for a three and out. Then they come all the way back, get the touchdown. They go for two point conversion again and failed. Oh my god! Yeah, you just think about it too. You could be a couch manager. Why didn't right. you just kick the extra point on the right. two touchdowns and right. be up by three points? Right, right. That's just that was the excitement of that game. That was such an exciting game, and it just showed the the grit. And uh, the quarterback, J.T. Barrett, actually has thrown the most touchdowns, you know, in uh, NCAA history for Ohio State. Oh, my gosh. Threw four touchdowns, and he ran for one. And he ran for one. <laughs> you know, didn't didn't turn the ball over. But yeah. it shows you Ohio State's now a major player. They are now ranked third. Now so third. It goes Alabama, Georgia. Then you have Ohio okay. State and Wisconsin. So, essentially, you got the Big Ten and the SEC dominating the playoffs right now. But guess who's, like, on the outdoor knocking? Number five, Number Notre Dame. Oh, Notre the, Dame. The team that everybody right. wants to hate. Yeah, well, not really. I mean, what's it right? Do they have one loss? They do have one they loss. loss. They lost to, to Georgia 20 to 19. Okay. That was just a. So, a, like Clemson. It could have gone either way. Yeah. So, were they predicted to have a, a, an undefeated season, or, or is this more in line with what people expected? Kind of. No one didn't know what to expect with Notre Dame going into the season. They knew they were going to be good. They just didn't know how good. Luckily, Notre Dame was patient with Brian Kelly. So you finally, it takes a while to recruit, especially being an outside school where you're not really belong to a conference of anything. Right, right. And to recruit and try to get some of the best athletes to your school. Right. I mean, the history sells itself. Right. The history sells Notre Dame pretty well. So and, and, and the schedule, together. I think. Yeah. I think the schedule. They they play they play some of the hardest teams, so that looks good on your resume oh, if absolutely. you're going to get drafted, and that. But. Uh, Tell us about the dynamic. You know, one of the things that's changed is they used to just have the bowl games were, were selections based on the different conferences that you came from. Right. And now now I guess we, we have a playoff system. It is a multi-tier playoff? So what it is, it's the top four teams okay. that qualify into the playoff rankings. So right now you have Ohio State, mm-hmm. Alabama, Georgia, and Wisconsin are sitting in the top four. So if the playoffs were to start today, those four teams would play. Right. And, and then, and then we would have the winner of those two games would play for the championship. 
So is that the way they do it this nowadays? Yeah, so it's the final four. They'll be seeded. So you have one right. versus four, four, two versus three. So three. right now, playoffs were to start today. Alabama would host Wisconsin. Right. And Georgia and Ohio State would duke it out. And the winner right. of those two, so those will actually fall in the New Year's Day bowl game. Unless bowl New Year's game. Day falls on a Sunday, then it will be played on the following Monday due to church reasons. Okay. With that said, and then the following week would be a Monday night, and the championship game follows that. And how do they uh, select uh, the venue for the, for the championship it game? It rotates. It rotates between the Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, the okay. Orange Bowl, and the Fiesta Bowl. Okay, so the, the top four so wherever it previous was last, four bowl uh, games. I'm not sure. It, you know, right. it just rotates from the four, but it's right. been like that for decades decades okay so that that actually you know that's changed the complexion too of uh who who goes and plays for whom in college you know in college football because it's before. turning out to be a much better system you know first people weren't liking it but there's always gonna be naysayers to anything i think it's much better for college football yeah it, it gets rid of the argument about who who won in what poll remember those days and i i think wound up having at least three polls if not four before they got rid of the uh the, true the and, poll and system I, I believe in 2003 when usc won their first championship they actually tied with lsu they actually gave the championship to both teams okay here you go and i've seen so, it where where polls would have one one would give it to one school and one would give it to the other universities <laughs> that's fun Yes, it is. Uh, well, one last note. I want to close out with the, our women's volleyball team. I actually watched that game, the Battle of the Titans, last Tuesday night uh, versus Cal Poly. Our ladies, they fought hard. I think some nerves with some unforced errors that kind of dug themselves a hole, but they showed that they don't quit. They fought hard, and they nearly stole a couple of those matches, but end up losing 3-0. I mean, you just can't make mistakes against Cal Poly. They're no. a really polished team. Yeah. But I have to give credit to our ladies. They, they snapped back and they, they won against CSUN, but then they had a very big upset loss at Long Beach State. Oh, my God. team that only won three games this year. So you're getting burned like that. Hopefully it'll fire up the ladies to, to you know to close out the season strong because mm-hmm. uh, they're still in the hunt for a nice NCAA bid. And they haven't had an NCAA bid since you know back in 2003 and 2004. So let's root for Let's hope they can do like uh, if you're a Falcons fan, you're thinking the same thing. you got you got to close out your season with a lot of w's yes and and that yeah the unforced errors are are tough and i suppose they lost that cal poly game at cal poly is my guess actually it was here it was here oh that's even worse that's why i'm saying that's that's why they're playing at home and i I think they felt the pressure and just think if they go in these games a little bit more relaxed and just believe in themselves and believe in their system that they're going to be challenged the way they their grit that they showed in that match they came back on them i mean you know cal poly couldn't put them away yeah, that's you know, good. And if it wasn't for those mistakes, they could have won a few of those matches and could have forced a fifth match. And anybody, and who knows? Right. Just like the Dodgers tonight. Dodgers win game six. Anything can happen in game yeah. seven. It's going to be interesting. Well, thank you, DJ Six, for joining us. This is Sports Matters. You're listening to it here at KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. And Matt Burt will be your host next week. My man, Matt Burt. So I hope you're doing well. And Matt always has to say, I love you, grandmas. <laughs> you can follow us on SoundCloud, Sports Matters Radio Host. And I'll have this uh, podcast up for you on this nice World Series special. Until then, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the rest of your drive.